0: So we're reading this morning from Matthew chapter 4, reading verses 1 to 11, and then into chapter 5. Jesus is tested in the wilderness. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting for forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, People do not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, Throw yourself down, for it is written, Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and angels came and attended him. And Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, over the page. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God.
1: Chris is going to speak today, but um, we've been praying for Manchester, we've been praying for London over recent weeks, and um, just the sense of God saying that as the devil left Jesus, so angels came and attended him, and just the hope that after times of evil, that God's angels come and bring comfort and peace. And I wanted to start to ask you to pray for the next series that we have coming up. So we're in this series on the Beatitudes until um, the end of June. Um, And then we move into a series where we're going to tackle some heavy issues around being ready to resist evil, which seem particularly poignant in our time, Um, not only evil um, that affects our lives, but also evil that affects our nation and the world around us. Um, So that's going to be a three-part series that's going to take us from when we finish the Beatitudes uh, through to the Holiday Club launch service. And I'd really like you to pray um, for the health and well-being of the church. Um, in advance of the start of that series because we believe that evil is an active and real presence in our world and in the lives of disciples and and those around us and we want to pray God's protection around our lives as we enter that series. So please do be prayerful uh, for that series which starts at the beginning of July. But let's pray for Chris now. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth of it. We thank you for the assurance of your care care and comfort that it it promises us. And we pray now, Lord, that Chris might be aware of your love, of your care of him as he speaks your truth. Send your Holy Spirit to bring life to his words. And may we hear you, the living God, speaking into our hearts and minds this morning, because we ask it in his name. Mm. Amen.
2: Amen. Amen. I wonder if you could hold up your hand hands again, that heart-shaped hands. I've been fascinated with this image, uh, particularly from last Sunday. I don't know who saw the concert. Who saw the concert, the uh, Sunday night Ariana Grande concert, a real celebration of love over hatred, of uh, love over fear. And many people in the crowd h- held up their hands, heart shaped hands. And I've been painting heart-shaped hands uh, for a week. In fact, a few weeks before the concert, I'd painted some heart-shaped hands. And on Friday, I decided to... um, It was a bit last minute, but I decided to paint in the city of Peterborough, where I serve as city centre chaplain, and I wanted to paint heart-shaped hands. And I put a circle of chalk around where I was painting, because I was using acrylics, and if it gets on your clothes, it doesn't come off. And, uh, And people, you know, they stood back, apart from one little boy, who was right there and he loved the paint. He just loved it. He wanted to touch it, and he was asking me all about the brush strokes, and as I'm painting these heart-shaped hands, I'm telling people about, well, it's a prayer for Peterborough that as we hold up hands in prayer, and uh, that the love of God will be poured out for the city, and as I'm painting, I'm thinking about, well, who is this painting for, and little Alex, this little boy, he he, he kind of rummaged in his pockets. And as I'm still painting, he goes, here you go. And he gives me one P. And I go, oh, thank you for that. But you know what I want to do? I want to give it to someone. Can I give you this painting? I say to little Alex. And his mum's standing there. And, and we're having a bit of a laugh because I say, because when I die, it's going to be worth millions of pounds. So keep hold of it. And I'm saying, where are you going to where are you going to hang this painting? He goes, I'm going to hang it in my bedroom. And his mum's like taking it all in, so I thought. Because then I say, come back in five minutes and I'll try and finish it up and then I'll give it to you. Well, five minutes didn't pass, just a minute. And he's back there, right there in the circle, looking, he's talking, he's wanting to know how I painted these heart-shaped hands. And I finish it off, and I take it off the easel, and I give it to Alex, and I tell him how he needs to carry it home, and he's got it, he just carries it. And his mum's standing there, and she's looking really confused, and then she just holds up her hands to her heart, and she starts to, like, cry. She's like, what, are you giving this painting? I said, yeah, it's, it's for you. And she's, she's overwhelmed, she can't talk, she's overwhelmed, um... She says, thank you. I said, this is a a prayer for you, that you would know how loved you are, that God loves you. It's really important that your son had this painting. What really got me about giving the painting was Alex, five-year-old Alex, got it. But his mum didn't, didn't appreciate. What I was talking about was giving the painting, not just coming to take some pictures of the finished painting. And as we look at blessed are the pure in heart, may you know that this is a gift that you can only receive. You can't earn it. You are given it. And this morning, this beautiful beatitude is about the gift of having a pure heart. There's nothing that we can do to give us pure hearts. We are given from the Lord Jesus a pure heart. So I want to look at some Greek, some theology, and uh, I want to look at uh, some application. So we're going to look at the Katharos and the kardia, we're going to look at atonement and justification, we're going to look at present and future. I wonder if you can say that for me. Katharos and kardia. Brilliant. Atonement and, justification. atonement and justification. Present and future. Present and future. Great. Uh, just checking that you're all awake. Okay. Before we look at those three areas. I want to remind us that the Beatitudes are the supreme jewel in the crown of Jesus' teaching. And we know that blessed means to be truly made happy in God. So when Jesus is teaching us these Beatitudes, these blessings, he is revealing to us this new life that we can have, truly made happy. And we know that there is a tale of two mountains. We know of Moses going up to the mountain alone to go and meet with God. There's thunder, there's lightning, there's law, there's instruction, there's fear. And here we have a mountain where God comes and sits with the multitudes. And God teaches through the Lord Jesus how we can live our lives. How we can truly have deep roots of lasting joy. So the katharos and the kadeia. I think I spelt it wrong on this slide. So Greek, the katharos refers to the pure. So when Jesus is saying, "Blessed are you with pure in heart." He's not just talking about clean. It's about being absolutely blameless, unstained from. Guilt and pure also refers to being purified by fire. Now, where have we read that before? John the Baptist, he announces that the Messiah is coming, he's baptizing in the Jordan, and he says to everyone, Everyone, there is one coming who is going to baptize you with fire. With fire in Malachi. We read that the Messiah is one that refines with fire. And it's also talking about pure, like pruning. Like you would have a vine and the dead bits you'd cut off. You'd make it pure so that it can be fruitful. And Jesus teaches in John chapter 15 that... He is the vine, we're the branches, and by living in him, abiding in him, we can have life. So the purity that Jesus is saying we're blessed with, blessed are those with pure in heart, he's talking about pure refined with fire, pure by pruning. The cardia talks about the spiritual centre of life. Yes, it can mean the heart, like literally the heart, but it's, a, it's more to do with our inner life, where thoughts, desires, sense of purpose, our will, our understanding, our character reside. It talks about being blameless in who we actually are. There's um, an Old Testament character called David. He had an absolutely humdinger mess up, uh, committing adultery, uh, murdering someone, making sure someone got killed with the the woman's husband that he committed adultery with. And afterwards, there's great remorse, and he writes a poem. And he says, Lord, would you create in me a clean heart? There's something about that poem that's a longing for what you and I have access to. You see, with him praying for the Lord to create in him a clean heart, he did not have the Lord Jesus who had provided a means of doing that for him yet. But here we are living in an age where we believe in one who can give us new hearts. Psalm 19 Uh, it's beautiful. Listen to this. It says, keep your servant from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. And may these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Secondly, atonement and justification. If you've got your Bible open, will you look at the very last verse in Matthew 5? Just have a little look. The very last verse in Matthew 5. Good pretending. (laughs) What does the very last verse of Matthew 5 declare? Anyone? (laughs) Have you got it? What does it declare?
0: In a word, what I'm saying is grow up. Oh subjects, This is the message room. Okay, yeah, okay, I can tell. Now live like it.
2: Live out your God created identity. Live
0: generously and graciously
2: towards others the way God lives towards you. Wow, okay. Love that. You can tell that's the message. Grow up <laughs> uh, another version? <laughs> yeah, what does it say? therefore as your heavenly father is perfect this seems impossible how can we be perfect how can we be pure other versions of the bible say be holy just as your heavenly father is holy this just seems too much but when jesus is talking about being blessed in heart he's providing a way for you and i justification and atonement. You see, atonement is about the blood of the blameless that becomes a replacement for the blood of the guilty. Each one of us is guilty. We fall short of God's holiness. And here Jesus provides a way for us to be made one, at one Now atonement doesn't mean at one but it's just a useful way of understanding what atonement does. It makes us at one with God. That the gift, like Alex receiving that painting so freely, makes us one with God, accepted, pure of heart. Justification. Well, that's Jesus becoming sin for us so that we are justified by God. Listen to this beautiful verse from 2 Corinthians 5. It says this, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We're justified because of what Jesus has done. Look at this in Colossians. It's so stunningly... uh, I just am blown away by this verse. So Colossians 2, verses 13 and 14, it says, when you were dead in your sins, unpure in our hearts, dead in our sins, and in the uncircumcision of your flesh... God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood us against us, stood, which stood against us and condemned us. That's the bad news, isn't it? But listen, He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. He's taken it away, our impurity of hearts, that which we mess up with, that which separates us from the living God, of knowing God as our heavenly Father, taken away, nailed to the cross. Lastly, present and future. How can we see God? Is it just for when we die? Will we see God then? Well, I believe that we can see God in the present, as well as when we die. Because this isn't it, is it? When we die, we know that there is eternity. We know that we're going to meet with the living God. In 1 John 4.12, John declares this, no one has seen God. No one's seen God. But Jesus is saying, blessed are you if you're pure. It's almost a bit of a, like a contradiction. He's saying, if you're pure in heart, you're going to see God. Later on, John writes, well, no one's seen God, but, he writes, but, need to be careful when I say this because it's a big but, but, it really is, it's but. If we have love for one another, if we have love for one another, then God is with us. Let me just read the verse. Um, one John 4:12: "No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us. And His love is made complete. In us. So the more that we love one another, the more we're going to see God in our midst, in our families, in our marriages. The more we're going to see God when we love one another. How else can we see God? Well, in people. Remember, we're all made in the image of God. Have a little look around you. We can see God. In those around us, each one made in his likeness. We can see God in creation. We see God in the scriptures as we read something of the the ancient stories that just come alive and God speaks to us. We see God in words that perhaps this morning you'll have a word on your heart for someone here from God's heart. To people's hearts. And then we will see God in the future. And my question for us this morning is, have you been made pure by Jesus? Like Alex, have you just received that gift? Is heaven to you a hope so, or a no so. If I was to ask each one of you individually, I won't, so there's no pressure. Do come and talk to me after, you know, as we're having coffee. But if I was to ask each one of you, where would you go if you were to die? Could you say, I know because of what Jesus has done, his atonement, his life for me, that I'm Justified and made pure of heart. Would you know that that is your destiny? That's where a place is prepared for you. Is heaven a hope so or a no so? So, blessed are the pure in heart. The Catharos, the purity. Pure from guilt, clean, blameless. Our hearts, where our spiritual centre of life is. Blessed are we when that is pure. Because of what Jesus has done. His atonement and our justification. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for the gift of your life. And um, I just think of of those balloons in that trick uh, being made pure. Um, May our hearts know that we are made pure because of what you have done. Lord, thank you that this is a gift and we can't work at it. Uh, We can't try uh, and make our hearts pure. It's a gift that we need to receive. And for those of us this morning that need to receive that gift, help us to do that now. Like that little boy, Alex, who just took the painting without any problem. Help us to be childlike this morning and receive that gift of being made pure in our hearts Come, Holy Spirit. Come and remind us. Come and show us what the Lord
0: Jesus has done for us. Amen.